0: 2021 Prism is finally here, and we're going to talk all about it today. Also, I learned why our patrons and our viewers are way smarter than me. I got out did on my own hobby play of the week last week. Andy and I have been laughing about it all day. We're going to tell you about that. You don't want to make this mistake that I did because it cost me fifty plus dollars. And uh, also, we do these outtakes on youtube andy has revolutionized the breaking industry you will not believe how all of that worked out and we'll talk about that a little bit more at the end but andy right off the jump here 2021 hobby prism retail prism is out now your major takeaways are what
1: man i'll tell you there's a ton of singles already on ebay obviously we're talking base Jamar Chase Prism card selling for $45, $50. And and this just goes to show you how much hype is baked into just a brand new product alone. You look at even a guy like Elijah Moore, who technically is now a sleeper with all the target competition they've got on the Jets. And I mean, his, his serial number stuff out of 60 is still going for over $50. It's just Incredible amount of hype and, and premium baked into such a limited supply of product that's only going to, you know, continue to grow in the coming weeks. Uh, you know, shout out to Mike Cam—he's been able to secure ten, eleven blaster boxes from Walmart. Fanatics has dropped retail uh, prism on their website, so it is actually in retail stores as well. It's hit very quick this year, so it's like boom—the floodgates have opened—and and I've seen every day over the weekend just. Massive amounts of additional new listings of Prism entering the marketplace. So let's talk
0: about the sealed product this first, Andy. Um, so roughly sixteen hundred for for hobby boxes. Did that normally stay around there?
1: Yeah, it it uh, on Panini's website it actually opened up. Uh, $1,350, but that did not last long. That ended about midday Friday. And then you had to go to either uh, blowoutcards.com or like a Steel City Collectibles, and you could get it for right at $1,550. Right. And
0: here's what we'll say about like negative EV, positive EV, when it comes to ripping a product. There's always going to be a gamble when it comes to ripping a product. You know, I go on Fanatics and I see that the Blasters are – roughly 30 bucks a blaster. Honestly, with the way blaster prices, I remember going to a Walmart and seeing and WNBA prism for a total of $38 for, for a blaster. So, you know, that price to me seems pretty fair, mm-hmm. but still ultimately when you rip these boxes, the likelihood that you're going to get that Tom Brady manga or whatever is going to be very small. And Andy, we can have a deep discussion about case hits uh, on card autos we we could do all of that but overall it, it, just from a macro standpoint yes this is the hottest product out yes i went to a few hobby shops in south louisiana they were all sold out of 2021 prism it flew off the the the, the racks uh, at, at all stores yes it is very hot but andy ultimately If you are new to cards and you get excited about 2021 Prism and you type us in and you see us for the first time, I just want people to take away that when you rip a box, it might be a lot of disappointment in there.
1: Yeah, very well could be, especially blaster boxes. It's important to note that even in mega boxes this year, they are not guaranteeing an autograph. Right. They are not guaranteeing an autograph and even a mega box, which is usually like a 60 or 70 dollar product at retail prices. You know, a secondary marketplace on like eBay, it's probably going to be one hundred fifty, two hundred dollars. And without having a guaranteed autograph or, you know, a a guaranteed hit of one of the elite QBs or Jamar Chase uh, rookie cards, then, you know, yeah, your chances of that like breaking even or profiting is, is going to be fairly low. You know, obviously, there's a lot of entertainment value. So make sure that that entertainment value is there for you. Just have your expectations set lower. Not, not everybody is going to pull the uh, one of one Black Finite Mac Jones like that 13 year old <laughs> young man <laughs> in Ohio did over the weekend. Um, to which is, de- I mean, shout out to three star sports, uh, sports card shop there in Ohio. A 13 year old boy pulled the one of one Mac Jones Black Finite. Uh, from a hobby box and they sold it to another gentleman that weekend you shared it to me from uh, from twitter for a hundred thousand dollars in cash Uh, absolutely incredible
0: yeah and you know we hyped this up the manga inserts have been a big story in this product andy and goodness gracious the prices on some of these are are quite insane
1: Yeah, you know what's really interesting is that uh, I got to shout out David Hunter for compiling this data in in our community. But he was looking at all the manga listings available and sold on eBay over the weekend. And he found six listed already for Tom Brady, four listed for Trevor Lawrence, two listed for Patrick Mahomes, including two sold, two sold for Kyler Murray, four listed for Aaron Rodgers here. You could see the, the horizontal variation plus one sold. So it just seems like when these are advertised as a case hit, which is a case is 12 hobby boxes. So it just seems like th- there are more mangas than cases have been ripped over the week. And I, I just find it hard to believe that this many hobby boxes and cases have already been ripped. You know, Carter, I, I so I think that when they say super short print, eh, they may be sneaking a couple more in there per case than just one. And if you are
0: new, Andy, if you can, please explain the difference between a case hit and a box hit.
1: Sure. Yeah. So a hobby box is a pack is a box of 12 packs of cards, 12 cards in each pack, whereas a case is comprised of 12 hobby boxes. So so when they talk about a case hit or a super short print SSP, that means there's only supposed to be one on average in 12 hobby boxes, one out of 12 hobby boxes. Uh, So that's 144 packs of cards. There's only supposed to be one manga. But it certainly seems like there's a little bit more than that.
0: I think so, too. And once again, they have the the definitions of autos in a box have changed. You'll notice as time has moved on, you will see on boxes, on average, two autos per box. That's obviously, you know, if there's no autos in there, remember it said on average – two autos per box mm-hmm. and you notice a lot of these case hits just in which whichever product aren't numbered cards either so that's the thing are mm-hmm. they short print yes are they rare yes they're just not as rare as you probably think it is so the manga inserts Andy, seem to be pretty hot obviously you mentioned the mac jones i saw the trey lance uh a trey lance black finite one of one get pulled um i believe by Layton. Um, which was very interesting. So you've seen a lot of this higher-end higher, higher end product. Andy, as you know, we are not just a hobby channel that talks about the higher-end stuff. We like to talk about all of it. Obviously, these prices are inflated, especially if you compare, uh, compare a Jamar Chase base prism auto, or, or excuse me, just a base prism, to a Justin Jefferson base rookie prism. The price difference is drastic, and it's because the Jamar Chase auto, or, auto once again base card is out right now okay Mm -hmm. so make sure you keep in mind that if you are going to go buy just anyone those base rookie prisms are going to be at all-time high prices and for me they're just going to go down from here
1: yeah, the Justin Jefferson right now is a card you can get for about 10-15 bucks. Right. And uh, you know, and the Jamar Chase base prism right now, because of limited supply, like we're talking about, is a, you can see an auction that just ended for $43 yesterday. Um, and the Mac Jones is almost a hundred dollars right now for a base prism, whereas that's what you can buy a Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert. <laughs> Carter, I don't know. Do you think Mac Jones ever gets to the level? of Justin Herber or Joe Burrow. Yeah,
0: no. And this is very key because a minute ago, and I've seen a lot of people do this with this product. They say there are five-ish elite quarterbacks. If you include Davis Mills in there, Andy, you've been talking about Davis Mills, not only on this channel. I've seen you talk about him in the Discord. He's a very interesting player. You've seen, I've just seen this in general, Texans prices and breaks in general have gone up. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's just more hype surrounding Davis Mills now. Here's the thing. Just because there are six quarterbacks in this product doesn't mean any of them long-term are going to be good. Year one, we knew Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow were going to be really freaking good. And up to this point, both of them have even exceeded expectations based on what we saw them in their rookie seasons. I don't feel comfortable about saying that about Any of these six rookie quarterbacks, especially considering the situations that Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are in, which is far less than ideal. So I still think there's a lot of money, Andy, that you can make flipping their cards just because of preseason hype. But be careful because you might also get stuck with the card and you might not get the profit you expect from the card if you do buy one.
1: Yeah, like I'm okay spending $5 on a base prism Kyle Trask. You know, obviously it's yeah. got a little bit of PC in there for me uh being a Tampa Bay fan. But I, I'm just not, I'm not going to spend, you know, I saw a Davis Mills silver prism uh, rookie auto that sold for $750 wow. in a buy it now format over the weekend raw card. And I was blown away because that is, that is astronomical for, and I get it, man. I think Davis Mills, I mean, he's a great fantasy sleeper. Uh, you know, I love the weapons that they put around him, and they've added more weapons there through the draft this year, and I think he's going to do some interesting stuff. Um, And they got your—they drafted your guy, Derek Stingley Jr., so the defense should be a little better this year. Obviously, they're still in the AFC, so it's like, whoa, 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 temper those expectations, right? Um, but I think he could be a really interesting, you know, producer in the NFL, and, and certainly with Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins, and now they draft uh, John Mechie. And, Revan Jordan's an interesting uh, tight end product. So I think he could do some interesting stuff uh, from a performance standpoint. But that is a lot of money when you just compare him to like, you know, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, some of the really elite top end quarterbacks and what their prices are at.
0: Yeah, for instance, you can and I almost bought this card. You can get a Dak Prescott rookie silver auto um, on card and it's numbered for five seventy five. And compare that to Davis Mills raw rookie auto prism for 750. That's outrageous. But Andy, that viewer or that person that sold the card must be a viewer of the channel, putting it in a buy now format, getting full value for what they expected that card to be. So that's obviously some really good stuff from a seller standpoint. But you know, if you're a big Davis Mills fan and you're a buyer, live your life. You dropped that 750 on that card. I just don't think that that's necessarily a great move. Um, Andy, as far as, uh, you know, we talked about the quarterbacks quite a bit. Their prices are pretty high. W- outside of Jamar Chase, are there any other skilled guys that have really stood out to you so far with Prism products?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Jalen Waddle is expensive. Jalen Waddle's definitely got some hype. Javante Williams, I saw quite a bit of competition uh there was an orange Javante Williams. You could even see like even Patrick Surtain wow. uh, on the Broncos. I mean, it's nothing like crazy, you know, but a nice little color matched uh, serial number card. I've also noticed they've added a lot more uh, this year of the of the color parallels in prism are serial numbered. And and that just that just go further reinforces a point that we've talked about a several times is that is that Panini does listen uh, to the hobby content creators, uh, probably don't listen to our channel. Maybe, maybe not shout out. To they the if they do, <laughs> they should, right. Because, you know, we're obviously dialed in and we take the feedback from the community. We represent the community out there for football cards. Um, you can see that they've made a lot more of the color parallels serial number this year, which is something that a lot of collectors like. They like that having that serial number, the security of the print run on the card.
0: I love it too. I think a serial numbered also protects you from certain things, such as the bait and switch, where like if you sell a serial numbered card, that card is stamped in that that's your card. There's no telling how many times I've seen in particular, I don't know why this player, um, Justin Herbert silver prisms, where I think people return Justin Herbert silver prisms with the bait and switch. They send a card that they had that was scratched and take the cleaner copy and say that this card in the mail was not the right card, and uh, or got you know destroyed in transit. Right. The good thing about a numbered stamped card is it's so hard to commit fraud. Now, come on, people are. If there's fraud or if there's a potential to uh, commit fraud, this is America. People will find a way to do it. Uh, but it, it does add. You know, specificity and the fact that it is a parallel, that's obviously cool. So like that Patrick Sertan, I'm a defensive player collector, as you know, Andy. Uh, You sent me a bunch of Tyron Matthew 2021 cards that are really cool. Uh, But that, that, that excites me, right? You know, that people are buying a Patrick Sertan card. That's really cool stuff. So, you know, my major takeaway, Andy, from 2021 Prism is it was piping hot. This was the story this weekend. I, I thought it would be big. It's been huge. The breaks, everything's selling out so fast at these hobby shops. Does it shock me that that happened? No, but it lets you know that football cards are a real thing. And if you are listening to this and you're just now starting your football card journey, or you could be like Michael Ham or David Hunter and be in it for – five to 10 plus years, right? And no way more than either one of us. It doesn't matter where you are. You should be really excited right now about football cards because this is a rookie quarterback class where none of them could be good. And people are still really excited about football
1: cards. Yeah, and if they do what they did uh, at the end of 2020, the last Prism product that we saw released, they released Optic about a month later, strategically, I feel like, and and almost in an effort to keep the hype higher, keep the demand high for the product, because they know they just dropped this bomb called Prism, right? And, and that's what they just did. They increased the hit rate. We noticed this in 2020 Optic in, in January. There were a lot more Optic hollows being pulled out of every single box, which are considered short print. There was just more of those short print color parallels of Optic. It'll be really interesting to see what they do this year in, in just a, a month, maybe less, when Optic does come out to see what that hit rate looks like because that's another major release go to retail, and it'll be interesting to see if those short print color parallels this year are more serial numbered cards and if that hit rate is increased to to keep that demand just as high for that product as it is right now for Prism. So please, if you can, get in the
0: comments section if you're watching this on YouTube or want to get in the five-star reviews that obviously helps grow the, the show. And I shared this last week, and I'll share it again now. I learned so much from the comment section, such as you know, we had the one of one controversy thing. We had a lot of people who cleared that up for us. So feel free to comment down below because if we as a community come together, we can all get even smarter when it comes to football cards. Um, you know, obviously eBay's been hot, Andy, not just 2021 Prism, but uh graded cards, just you know, everything in general right, right now, and it just gets me excited, man. It, gets me excited when I see you know kids ripping Prism and all this stuff. But for you, what, e- eBay's just been absolutely nuts. Not just eBay, Twitter, everything, but in, in particular, eBay sales volume is just insane right now. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's back up. I'll say looking at it yesterday, the eBay sales volume across the board, even for Burrow and Herbert, were down uh, looking at the previous seven days. So, from last Monday to this Monday yesterday, today is June 7th, we're recording this. So from June 6th to May 31st, which was Memorial Day, we we noticed a, a sharp decrease in the buy it now sold graded card sold volume on eBay by about 50% for virtually every elite NFL active player. It's back up now. That that number has already almost doubled since yesterday and, and the volumes are coming back up. And I think that was a combination of the Memorial Day holiday, the NBA finals, the drop of 2021 prism. It just turned everybody's kind of focus, kind of shifted there momentarily. But of course, you know, I can guarantee you that there were no Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson cards like going way under market value. It, it's just a you know, kind of a temporary dip in the, in the buy it now graded card sold volume. Um, but, yeah, it's it's coming back up. And, of course, Carter, we've got uh, mini camp, you know, it's training camp full blown mid-July. So I think that's kind of like the window we're in right now where we have these OTAs going on. Uh, and there's a little bit of reaction to some of the news, right? I, I, like I think I'm seeing an uptick already right now in Baker Mayfield, which is a whole nother animal of a discussion you know, around Deshaun Watson. But I am seeing an uptick in volume for Baker Mayfield uh, in the market right now. And I think we're going to see that because his prices have gotten so low. And now, hey, he might be starting starting quarterback for the Browns in 2022, which would be massive for his card values. And of course he played injured all last year. So it's like, I mean, we have seen him be really good before. Like he could be good. They had the Kansas City Chiefs on the ropes the first week of 2021. A lot of people uh, kind of, Uh, selectively forget that you know
0: any quarterback with Stefanski or not last year Stefanski the year before Stefanski and Nick Chubb and now Amari Cooper and a lot of investments on that offensive line man I would love to be a quarterback for the Browns right now but obviously I I don't I don't think Baker's gonna play another down for the Browns would be insane if he did So, you know, for me, I I don't even know where to go with that situation. I really don't. But, you know, for me, Andy, I was listening to this, this guy, Rob, the sports card therapist. And I was just mesmerized by his podcast talking about, you know, the overall hobby down. Like everything was just down. Sales and everything was down except like wrestling. And he did like a deep breakdown of like, you know, everything being down and the percentages and all of that. Here's the thing. If the market's down, this could be a good opportunity for you to buy, right? Uh, keep that in mind. Now, football is different than the other sports because, obviously, this product just dropped. And I still think Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and all these elite quarterbacks are still very liquid, Andy. And once again, here's one of our patron charts right here. When we look at oxygen change and buy it now volume, uh, look at these percentages going up burrow herbert gotta love it baby
1: yeah yeah that's what i'm saying so there is still a lot of volume i think that you know it's especially depending on which card you look at like uh we pulled up a a chart for justin herbert's uh base select field level field level silver those prices the resale prices are down from where they were a year ago. However, volumes are very healthy. Volumes are very healthy for graded card sales. And this is not even taking into account how many raw cards are being transacted on a daily basis. There's a lot of them out there, right? Especially on these 2021 guys. So you can see Mac Jones getting on this chart at 68. Well, he was, uh, you know, arguably the hottest rookie quarterback in, in, the 2021 season, and people were submitting his cards to PSA SGC at a much higher rate than the other rookie quarterbacks, and so that's why he's kind of peaking on this chart here at 68, uh, just underneath those those top four uh, 2020 quarterbacks and Jalen Hurts, Tua Herbert, and Burrow. Um, but you know, you could see some hype for Jordan Love. Is there still speculation he might get traded? this also goes to show you that that uh, prices are lower, which could play into the fact that the volumes are going up. Right. So when prices dip, people see that opportunity and they start buying more. I still can't believe the Russell Wilson stuff. I, I,
0: I still don't quite get it. I just think he's such a great buy just in general. I know like those percentages can say one thing, but man, uh, I, I still can't get over how low some of the rookie ticket autos were around the time of the Broncos announcement. I, I especially knowing Andy that they play Seattle in week one. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I mean, it's just going to be the hypiest hype week one game uh, of the season. Right. You know, with, I know Seattle's terrible and I know that there are bigger matchups, obviously Cowboys and, and Buccaneers, the biggest NFL player of all time going up against the biggest brand in the league. But, man, Russell Wilson playing Seattle week one, and it's just absolutely insane. So, you know, it, for me, Andy, I, I'm just really excited to be a part of this football card hobby right now. Uh, before we get into hobby tip of the week and a few plays of the week, uh, is there anything else that, that's jumped out at you as far as just this absolute crazy time period? And to add one little extra question to that, have you enjoyed – the Prism release being in the summer compared to 2020 Prism being released
1: in 2019 of the winter. Which one of you liked better? Mm, that that is a great question. I'm not gonna lie, man. I have enjoyed it being in the summer because I'm you know I have a lot more time to focus on it, and I've been able to literally almost pick every single auction and buy it now listing on eBay that pops up for 2021 Prism product and watch it. To see what it ends at, so I've I've never had the the I guess the time to be able to completely focus on a major release, um, you know, product that comes out and like actually watch each listing and see the comps change in real time and see how people are reacting to a brand new product in real time, which has been a lot of fun. This has been very enjoyable uh, compared to like you know towards the end of the season where we're we're getting into holidays and there's a lot of stuff going on. Here in the middle of the summer, has a lot less going on. It's a nice little break, uh, breather, if you will, from from doing projections and rankings and uh, player deep dives and stuff like that. Uh, and so it's yeah, I don't know, man. It's been enjoyable. I I've
0: liked this better for this. Um, this is a dead part of the NFL season. I know we're like getting OTAs and mini camps and stuff like that, but when a product releases during the season and the games are going on. There's just so much chaos happening during that time. Now, trust me, 2020 Prism is always going to be my favorite product because Joe and Justin Jefferson being in there. And I love Jamar Chase, but Clyde Edwards, Patrick Queen, you know, a lot of guys that, you know, collect or whatever. But taking that aside, it was still nuts when Prism dropped. It was a few weeks after the Joe Burrow injury, right? And that was a mm-hmm. huge wrench into the equation, but it didn't really – you know, change so much as far as like, you know, the, the, the sales or whatever. But, you know, I, I like the fact that this product is released and it is the story for us as football card collectors where, you know, when it dropped during the season, it was the season, right? We're like, Oh, okay, this is dropping, but there are still games going on and all that. So I'm like you, I I have enjoyed the summer. I, it's, it was unintentional though, right? Because of the weight, We're pushing the date back. And that was like this podcast for forever. Guess what? They're pushing the date back. Also, water (laughs) is wet. And uh, it it was just one of those things, right? But I kind of like the summer release. I am going to be interested to see what Optic does. Uh, I am going to be interested to see what Optic does to prison prices now. So that's why you should be a part of the Patreon.com slash football cards community where – once again, there's people in there that know more than us. Uh, they they really provide a lot of great analysis. Andy, you're always in there to answer questions. Your DMs get full of, of football card questions. The best way to get it answered, not only by Andy, but everyone in there, patreon.com slash football cards. Now, Andy, it's time for hobby tip of the week, and I am actually going to start here. If you're watching on okay. YouTube, you can see in the bottom Right corner, I say Jameis Winston buyer. OK, now, at the end of last week, apparently, Andy, we had this conversation on the phone uh, and I, I have gotten a few other DMs. Apparently, I know for sure this is the case for you, but people actually do take something that I say and they actually put it into action. And this was an example last week for Jameis Winston. So Jameis Winston's is my play of the week. I'm a Saints fan, but I actually do believe in Jameis with all the new weapons and the hype surrounding the Saints going into next year. So I am buying Jameis Winston, and I bought a huge Jameis Winston card over the weekend and I'm holding it right now. Uh, and it was actually last week. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it for yourself. I don't know if it's going to focus or not because I'm an idiot. But basically, this card right here. Playoff ticket auto out of 75 on card autograph. Nice little refractor finish on the front of it. And Andy, I got this card after eBay taxes and all of that for $450. Now it is a BGS 95 with 395 subgrades and nine corners with a 10 autograph. I would love everyone in the comment section to let me know if you think this was a good purchase or not. Do you think I overpaid for it? Um, I do think I overpaid for it, especially after one of our patrons, Andy, who happens to be a Michigan State fan. Uh, can you give me the, his specific name again? Spartans Rock 24. Shout out to our Tom Izzo superstar. Mel Tucker superstar is a football chat. Uh, he actually took the Jameis Winston – and, uh I- advice and actually bought nearly this exact same card numbered out of 75 Bgs 95 10 auto with 495 subgrade so a card that is actually Andy slightly better than this card and Andy mm-hmm. I got it on eBay in total for 450 dollars I want you I I I don't even want to say the price that this guy Spartan's rock whatever your name is i'm kind of mad at you uh share the price that he got his the exact card on my slabs three hundred
1: and ninety dollars
0: and if you add on tax shipping and all of that it's probably like 415 probably and when it's all said and done because my slab fees just aren't as high um i've never bought a card off my slabs but what happened to me andy and my hobby tip of the week was I was so dead set focused on eBay, and I got in that auction, and I absolutely wanted to have this card. I wanted to have a big Jameis. I wanted to always have – I'm a rookie ticket auto. you know. Even though it's not rookie ticket – playoff ticket auto, same thing. It's a rookie ticket auto. I'm a sucker for a rookie ticket auto. I just am. I always have been. And, Andy, I didn't do my due diligence, and it cost me. I could have gotten a better card on a different website, and – I didn't look. I was just looking at eBay for Jameis Winston sales. And I did a few like Twitter searches and, and stuff like that. And that's a big mistake on my part. I, I I got so zeroed in on eBay and I love eBay, right? But this is where you have to really, you know, go through your options because one of our viewers got a better card for a better price.
1: Yeah, and, and sellers are willing to sell for less on myslabs because the seller fees are so much lower you know so i I do think it is really important and my slab has definitely picked up steam in the last several months there's some other you know pretty big content creators they have backing them and and promoting them Uh, and i i definitely think they are worth you know doing a quick search to see what you can find on there before pulling the trigger on your uh your big ebay purchase and what happened was I got caught up in in
0: the in the eBay auction system, right? The card was sitting at 200 something dollars for the longest. And my max bid was going to be 329 and then I got a max bid at the end and I just clicked, you know, the 405 and it happened. So, that's where I am. I made a mistake. Could have looked at my slabs while that was happening. And then I wouldn't have had to do the four or five thing. And I could have just bought one cheaper and a better one on my slabs. So, hobby tip of the week is keep your options open. Don't just zero in on a card on Instagram or Twitter. And in the grand scheme of things, is 450 that much different than 415 or whatever? Yes and no, uh, because he did get the better card and so on and so on. But Andy, it's it, it's not really that 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 much in the grand scheme of things. But still, if you are a buyer, remember this: you are in a position of leverage. Okay, it's a lot harder to sell a card than buy a card. So be selective, be judicious, and and keep all your options open.
1: Yeah, this uh, stained glass Jameis Winston from uh, Prism Draft Picks. So it's got the FSU stained glass, which is. advertised as a case hit from panini which is in the csg 9.5 my hobby tip is uh for five dollars you can actually get this re-slabbed in the new label and i believe that 9.5 will turn into a csg 10 uh don't quote me on that definitely check their website but i'm pretty sure that's what i remember reading um on a card like they'll definitely turn it into the new slab the black and white label from csg which looks leaps and bounds better we talked about before yeah. um for five bucks and at fifty dollars on my slab that's a, that's a really interesting buy, man it's stained glass right there
0: absolutely so once again flame me in the comments i'm always open did i overpay for this Jameis card would i have been better just buying cheaper base rookie ticket autos and been able to you know spread out you know uh, instead of getting like a more rare better version could i have gotten like maybe two rookie ticket autos for 500 would that have been better let me know in the comment section below i'm always open to people flaming me telling me you know what was good what was bad um obviously you know really cool stuff now andy your hobby tip of the week
1: is so i was i was going to uh go with the uh the csg reholder um, yeah, think, but <laughs> you know, um, I do not really have, uh, yeah, you know, I, uh, stick around for the outtakes, uh, and, and, and listen to how we're doing hobby box breaks. Now that that's my other oh. hobby tip of the week, stick around to the outtakes and listen to how we're doing hobby box breaks, how we're going to revolutionize the, the, uh, football card hobby by inter, you know, by fusing fantasy football into hobby box breaks
0: plays of the week so um now that i've gotten more dms andy from people that say um hey i I appreciate what you guys do and we 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 love the content and now that i'm getting a ton of dms about hey i'm i'm starting to take plays of the week and starting to take it very serious so andy i'm starting to take it even more serious i always look and and see you know what kind of moves i'm gonna make so Andy, I'm going to give you the floor for the first hobby tip uh, or the hobby play of the week.
1: Yeah, and I'm going with a quarterback here. I've got right. my I've got my sights focused on, especially after the news that just dropped this morning about Deshaun Watson uh, and the Cleveland Browns having an out. They they have they have a way. This was reported this morning by NBC Sports Edge that the Browns have an out to void. Deshaun Watson's contract altogether because there has been two new plaintiffs that have come forward and filed lawsuits again, against right. Deshaun Watson. Technically, Baker Mayfield's still on the roster. So my my play is not Deshaun Watson. My play is Baker Mayfield, Carter. I, I am in the market to buy Baker Mayfield cards right now because uh, this would be a very interesting turn of events, but it's a very possible one because – They invested the most guaranteed money in NFL history in Deshaun Watson. So you can imagine if new lawsuits are being filed and it is becoming imminent that Deshaun Watson is going to, you know, face uh, a league suspension of, of of, of a year or potentially more or something like that, that they could move on from him altogether, void his contract because of these illegal outs that they have in it and, you know, make amends with Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield be their starting quarterback in whether whether I, I guess whether they start him or not in 2022. I think there's other teams that are absolutely in the market. They've gone on record and said that they would sign Baker Mayfield. I think it was the Carolina Panthers and/or the Seattle Seahawks said they would sign Baker Mayfield if he was released uh, by the Browns. And we know how good he was in college. They a lot of people forget that the Browns and Baker Mayfield had the Kansas City Chiefs on the ropes. In the 2020 divisional playoffs, the playoffs, Carter, the Browns took the, the uh, they beat the Steelers and then they went to Kansas City. They almost beat Kansas City. It was a very close game. It was the one where Patrick Mahomes got choked out and everything. And then to start the season opener in 2021, they had him on the ropes again. And, and Baker Mayfield's really been punished for playing through all those injuries. I'm not going to lie, right? The guy's egotistical. You know, maybe a little narcissistic, and he he's had some issues in the locker room, you know, in in that regard. But I think that he can grow from that. He's obviously a very good player. He can do some really special things on the football field. Um, and I kind of I kind of want to invest in him. He's still really young. I
0: like it. And you know, Baker and Jameis are very similar guys, right? Number one overall pick, Heisman Trophy quarterback candidate playing on a very, if Baker's back with the Browns, a very talented roster, James Swenson, same thing. So, yeah, I mean, people love a good redemption story, especially if the redemption involves a quarterback who played at a high-profile school, is a high-profile athlete with a ton of draft capital and all those things. I think the upside for Baker Mayfield is there. So I still think Andy, there, there's still time. Like for instance, you know, i see that red, white, and blue auto right there. Um, you know, around that $300 price range kind of down with that. Um, I, I I could, I could live with with taking a chance on that. Mm -hmm. Um, not in love with the Baker though, just simply because man, he just looked very much like a guy, but remember, this is a hype driven hobby. Doesn't really matter. It's most of the time, how you even play, right? It's a lot of it is driven by this preseason hype cycle. So I'm certainly down with taking a chance on Baker. I like it, Andy Baker, the playmaker, look at you. That's
1: it. And, you know, he's, he's also uh very likable in the commercials. And I could actually see a potential TV or movie in future for Baker Mayfield as well. And and that definitely adds a lot of relevancy to him, you know, moving forward. And so you know, there's multiple reasons to kind of invest in him, but yeah, I mean, look at the price, dude. Optic Hollow BGS 9.5, all 9.5 subgrades for 200 bucks. That, that's yeah. a good deal.
0: And and that's that's a very, uh, I, I you know, it's funny the Baker Mayfield documentary. I get to see it being made now. There will be <laughs> one because you know there were there were you know running with with Fayetteville police. There was the transfer in college. There was all this adversity, being undersized, all these different things. This guy's story is incredible. The recreation of the Brett Favre draft photo is still hilarious to me. (laughs) I love Baker, the dance moves, all those things. And, man, it is such an interesting quarterback controversy in Cleveland where, you know, that position is just never going to get solved. So Andy, uh, I don't know if we're going to include this in, in the outtakes or not. So I'll just say it now. My hobby play of the week is, you know, th- this, this past weekend, you know, got to spend some time with, with, with Jay Hill, good friend of mine, friend of what I do in, in my full-time job with my LSU football channel. And I learned a lot, uh, you know, cause NFL players are always going to know way more than, we'll ever know as just fans. Right. And it's very interesting, right. When, when you spend time with an NFL player, all the ins and outs that they share with you and the challenges, the fame, all those different things when it comes to playing this sport, but just how short lived all of this is for, you know, NFL players in general, right. You know, Jameis Winston is, I'm putting a lot of stock into Jameis Winston, right. Because it might be part of it is uh, I'm a saints fan it is kind of weird buying a Buccaneers card, so I do think as far as like my Jameis Winston play last week, he, I, I am going to buy some of his Saints cards as well, like him in a Saints uniform, just to see which one actually performs better. And you and I have been talking about that privately as well, Andy. But you know, when when you spend time, you know, w- with an NFL player, you you learn like just how quick all of this goes. And I was listening to like T.J. Houshmandzada this past weekend, another Bengals player on on Con Coward show, just you know sharing like how he misses the locker room and all these things. I mean, there's so much pressure to perform. This isn't the NBA where you know you could fall back on the European League or anything like that. There's a lot weighing in on these players. So this is something that I would bring up as far as my tip of the week. I'm not going to give a specific player, but don't sleep on the vintage card market you have been talking about it, andy i'm and you look at this data way closer than i do vintage prices have actually been a little bit higher and a little bit better the vintage market has been a little bit better than what i, I would think and you know i've seen a few charts that you've put up i i'm not gonna sleep on vintage guys i am gonna see if now that prism is out And a lot of money's going to super modern. I'm going to try and jump potentially, hopefully on a dip in some vintage stuff and start building my Drew Brees and Peyton Manning PC that I've always wanted to get to. Um, And and that's just my tip of the week. Don't just zero in on modern cards. There might be, you know, time for you to you know vintage. Obviously, there's a difference between 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s NFL cards. I'm a big fan of, as you know, Andy, the the 86 top set with with Jerry Rice. It's my favorite football set of all time. It'll always be my favorite set. I have the full set. Um, But my my thing is don't just focus on modern. I know this is very macro, not someone specific, but keep in mind, you know, the vintage market, there might be some time for you to pounce on that.
1: Yeah, especially when you talk about supply and demand, how much we see that affect the marketplace. And vintage sometimes has such a low supply, especially car, vintage cards in good condition. And, and there's certain periods throughout the year, like historically, from what I've seen the last couple of years, when the season starts, vintage cards typically go down big time in prices because there's so much focus on the active guys. There's so much hype around them. Uh, that that a lot of these vintage auctions go undervalued and if you're a smart investor smart collect that's kind of the time where it's like all right i'm keeping my eye on this peripheral on the active guys here but i'm really looking at vintage guys right now because i know everybody else is focused on the active guys that are getting all the hype and that's what i'm gonna do
0: andy i i i'm gonna wait till the season starts I'm i'm gonna pay attention just this week to see if for some reason there's a dip i don't think so but just based on all the charts and and data that you've done, it does seem if you want to get into the vintage market, you know, wait until the season and you might be able to get some, some, some price dips. I do want to include this though. Okay. And I I was going to say this for an outtake, but we're already doing this. Did you see this past weekend that Larry Fitzgerald is buying a lot of his rare rookies? Did you see this? Ooh, no, I did not. Yeah. So, uh, one of my favorite vloggers, Roth cards. I love that guy. Uh, he got he got a rare uh, gold, I believe, at a fifty Larry Fitzgerald card, and he got it at a at a show. Sent it to PSA, it gemmed. Uh, you, I mean, Andy, you know better than I do. Those cards gemming are are tough if it's like an older card. So I give Roth a lot of love. I mean, that guy really knows what he's doing. I've learned a lot watching and stuff. And Larry Fitzgerald, uh, through someone else, bought the card. So that is really freaking cool. Um, And we've always talked about Larry Fitzgerald, Andy. He's part of that Eli Manning rookie class. That 04 class has some of the coolest rookie card designs and inserts that you'll ever see. So when we talk vintage, it's not just, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s. It's like mid-2000s, especially that draft class that has like – manning rivers all those guys it's very very interesting so man i i freaking freaking love seeing that i love seeing larry fitz doesn't surprise you larry's a his you know he's a big history of the game kind of guy um so shout out to that that was just really freaking cool
1: that is really cool, and and you know it, those cards from the early two thousands, like that time period two thousand four, Larry Fitzgerald's rookie year, man. They they overcorrected the overprinting issues from the nineties to such an extreme that those cards can get very rare, especially those chrome and those short print chrome parallels. I mean, there's just so few of them out there, especially in good condition, like you're talking about. You know, just the time as time goes on, man. It's hard to keep cards in in good condition, so that that's awesome man I, I and i just saw this you know uh top 10 most desirable uh rookie cards of the 2000s released by psa grading i'm gonna have to do a video on this carter
0: <laughs> I, I'd, lo- I'd love to see like your price analysis of that because look there was a guy uh i mean, I've, i i followed him on instagram i forgot his name who's like a ladanian tomlinson super collector and God, I mean, these mid two thousand guys are just such fun collects. They really are because it's not like super vintage where a whole lot of people never even saw them play. mid two thousand, like 2000 guys or 2000 rookies are very interesting because people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, you know, they know all these guys, and that's most of yeah. your card market. And, you, you know, and, and the younger guys that, that are younger than us, Andy, that are in their 20s or whatever – they, they they're at least familiar, they know that they're that they're great, right? Kind of like how this generation knows Michael Jordan is great, right? So mm-hmm. it's 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 very interesting, man. Very, yeah, a very lot of these guys
1: just retired. Talk about Larry Fitzgerald, Julius Peppers, you know, uh Eli Manning. We're not too too far removed from them retiring. And and this was this was our prime, and you're right, man. This is the bulk of our demographic. You know, in that, uh, you know, 25 to 45, 50 age range. And that was like our, our prime, you know, 90s and, and 2000s, especially 2000 for us in our mid-30s. That was like our prime binge-watching football days.
0: <laughs> Let's go. So,
1: don't forget, coming up in the outtakes,
0: the best way to do uh fantasy mixed with box breaking. You're going to love it. Andy, you are, uh you know... A big revolutionary in the football card hobby. People are gonna—I mean, they're gonna—they're gonna build a statue of you outside of Panini headquarters whenever they hear this idea. I freaking love it. So make sure you check that out in the outtakes. Comment in the comment section. Let us know what you think about twenty twenty-one Prism. What you guys have seen. Uh, you know. Uh, also, let me know what you guys think of the Jameis Winston purchase. I know I'm an idiot. You know. Once again, you—you you make mistakes and you just keep it moving. Right. so uh please get involved in the comment section like five star review listen to another episode after this and until next time
1: peace. peace peace see you guys
0: by the way still freaking cool shout out to jay hill <laughs> hey dude how crazy is that man Game one uniform. Personal inscription. Man, that's not you are a lucky guy, man. It, it's it's crazy. You don't you don't get those opportunities all that much. Uh he's really cool. Told me a lot of really cool NFL stories, too. Um, like it's 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 crazy like how much the NFL guys just hang out together, right? You don't really? even have to be from the from from the same team. You, you like he showed me a photo, and this most random thing because I don't think that they ever played on the same team or, or shared the same agent, but he shared me a photo of him hanging out with Geno Smith, like <laughs> yeah. it's just so random. And um uh they, they were on they were on a boat with uh it was a photo of Geno Smith and a few other NFL guys in Ludacris. And uh, it's cool. Like, it's really cool. So shout out to Jay Hill. He's, he's, you know, it's crazy. Like We we talk all the time. Uh, but what's really cool about it is a lot of these NFL players, you know, in particular NFL players, I've noticed this. I, I haven't really been able to, you know, make a lot of friends in the NBA or whatever. It might be because I'm 5'7 or whatever. But a lot no. of NFL guys are just like some of the nicest people. And it's rare you get game-worn stuff, right? You know, yeah. it, it's nuts. I got to see – and from a sports really standpoint, uh, this is only like big for like LSU fans. I got to see his Outback Bowl jersey. So his final game was in the Outback Bowl, and he went like crazy, absolutely crazy. And what was crazy about it was the story – what had nothing to do with LSU going to the Outback Bowl? The story was all about Leonard Fournette because they had just uh, they had just got Leonard to commit, um, or he committed after the bowl game. Still, that that was the big uh, that was a big story. Was LSU going to get Fournette, or they had just gotten them? And little did they know that you know Jeremy Hill was like one of the best running backs ever at LSU and a really good running back for the Bengals.
1: But,
0: um, but, yeah, it was cool. Seeing game-worn stuff, the grass stains, all the stuff, and, you know, to get Bengals won, it's just crazy.
1: That's awesome, man. That's so cool. And, and so get this, man. We are revolutionizing the way hobby box breaks are done for football, man, on, on, right here on the Quest. Groundbreaking, revolutionizing the way it's done. We did the first auction hobby box break draft last night have you ever done an auction draft no i'm kind of it's kind of interesting oh my gosh dude it is so intense it's so much fun it takes because it takes a lot of uh what happens on ebay and it and then it melds fantasy football and but it's a hobby box break so right so so for a football hobby box break we've got eight guys in the break uh there's 32 teams in the nfl so it's perfect pairing you get four teams per Fourteen. person And typically, most breakers will do random divisions or or random teams. Uh, They just do random.org or random assignment or a a number, you know, pick a number and that's the team you get. However, I said, no, 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 no. We got to have more strategy. We got to have the fantasy football element. So I went on to Sleeper. I created a league and I set the roster requirements for the league as four defensive uh, teams so the teams. so it's all it is is teams I removed quarterbacks running backs wide receiver I removed everything but the team defenses so the only thing in the player pool is the teams that you can select from and then I've got eight guys in the league and we did an auction draft and the auction draft is cool so we still randomize the way you nominate oh. so the Yeah. So so the the defenses. Okay, that click. Yeah, use the defenses. Uh So the only thing available to draft in this league is a defense, which is a team. You know, it's a team defense. Uh, And and so what we did in auction draft. So basically we randomized the uh, the draft order the way you nominate. So so what happens in an auction draft is you establish an order. Right. And so the first guy goes, he nominates the team he wants to nominate. The only selections to nominate are these teams, the 32 teams in the NFL. He nominates a team, and then you have a bidding phase where basically a clock is running down, and everybody can bid for this team. It doesn't matter where you are at in the draft. You can bid. You all start out with the same amount of arbitrary money, which was $200, like sleeper monopoly money, and and you all get to bid on this team. And whoever's the highest bidder when the clock runs out gets to keep the team. So there's a couple different strategies going into this. You either put up the team that you want and, and go immediately after it, or you put up a team you don't want and bait other people to spend their money early, and and which allows you to save more of your bankroll for later on in the draft and, and snipe and you know and, and take a I more balanced approach. Or and so it was, dude, it was it's so intense, so much fun because it was like the bucks out of the gate. They they got one uh, for like thirty-seven dollars, but then right after that was the 49ers and, the, and there was a bidding war. So what it does different than eBay is in the final 10 seconds, if you place a bid in the final 10 seconds, it resets the clock to 10 seconds to give the other uh, managers a chance yeah. to re-raise. And so there was like bidding wars, dude, the the the, wor- the, the most crazy bidding war was on the 49ers and the, page, the Patriots got up to $145. Jarritos got it for $145. He ended up just, going all in basically to get them and it's like okay you know and then the other guys backed off they're like well I want to save some of my bankroll to get you know whether it's the Falcons or the Bengals the Bengals I went uh, there was a pretty intense bidding war for the Bengals as well it was just a blast man because everybody came away a winner Um, except for Derek, he, he fell he fell asleep early as the draft was kicking off, but you know, so he got whatever was left over at the very end. My my guy, Derek, Derek Derek (laughs) Richard. I I love him so much. He's funny. He He got in some candies and I think he fell asleep at his desk. Let's go,
0: Derek and so
1: um and so basically once once everybody runs out of money right it goes back to a uh a snake style draft so he got what was left over at the very end uh but it, it was so intense man because it's fun you see these people getting into these bidding wars in the final seconds counting down for certain teams and then you see other teams that people got for steals like uh i was watching like the the ravens they went for only a couple dollars they went later in the draft also Shelly had a really good strategy. She she didn't uh, nominate her team, which is obviously the Falcons, and she didn't nominate the Jags right away. The Jags kind of hung out there. For, they were like the 10th team nominated. By that point, a couple people were already knocked out because they spent so much money on the Niners, the, Very uh, interesting. Yeah. the Bengals, yeah. the Patriots. And so she was actually able to come in and get the Jags for like, right around a hundred dollars of her bankroll, then get the Falcons for another like 40 or 50. And so she ended up having a really solid, uh, uh, you know, little stack of four teams. So everybody come came away with the teams that they wanted, you know, at least one or two teams that they wanted. And plus it was just a ton of fun, man. It was a blast. That's cool as heck.
0: I like that, man. I mean, I love that idea. I just think that's like, I just think that's so cool. Because you got to strategize. And, you know, the big benefit of that is obviously, you know, it's all like what teams you get and cards or whatever. But that kind of helps you with auction-style fantasy, Mm -hmm. right? Like, that helps you understand how that goes. Because I don't do many auction leagues. I probably do, like, one a year. And when it's – I just love snakes so much better. But when it's time to do auction, you know, I'm just, like, overwhelmed because I rarely do it. So it, like, gives you (laughs) – it gives you some practice, so- yeah, easy
1: practice because it's just the teams, you know. There, it's not like you're not trying to build a, a roster that's super deep or anything. You're just trying to get the team that you want, right? And so it's like the basic elements of auction draft strategy, you know, whether or not you want to come out of the gates and go for your team because Jarritos did it. He did it first. He he he's the guy who went heavy on the Patriots. Uh, they were nominated like the sixth team nominated. But he nominated himself second. He nominated the 49ers and didn't even bid on them. He just nominated and let people fight him out, fight it out. Yeah. (laughs) That's smart. That's smart. Clear some of these guys out and then then go in for your team, you know?
0: I love how on the design of the Mac Jones card itself, it's him handing the football off.
1: (laughs) That's hilarious. I didn't even notice that
0: oh my god let's see
1: i didn't even notice that how how funny is that that's his mo baby